the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Welcome to the interview with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by AndrewandTodd.com. Andrew and Todd are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They help you with all your real estate lending needs. If you're refinancing your home, if you're buying a new home, if you're a senior who wants a reverse mortgage, if you're a veteran who doesn't want to put any money down, whatever it is, if you're in the private real estate market for yourself, and maybe you want an investment property, try AndrewandTodd.com or call 888 Now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. America, Hugh Hewitt, live on Monday the 7th. I'm on the West Coast, so it's early. Governor Chris Christie, I assume, is on the East Coast. Good morning, Governor. Welcome back to the Hugh Hewitt Show and the interview. Happy to be back, Hugh, and I am on the East Coast and uh, ready to go with a good day. All right, good. First question, Knicks or Nets for Governor Christie? Knicks. Okay, so I want you to know the Cavaliers are way ahead of them both. That's what I wanted to let you know. Uh, Governor. That's not hard, Hugh. Well, it is for Cleveland. You haven't been watching the Cavaliers since LeBron left. Anyway, uh, let's play for the audience what you told Martha Raddatz yesterday, prompting my invitation to you yesterday. Cut number one, Chris Christie on This Week on ABC with Martha Raddatz hosting yesterday. Well, look, um, Martha, I think that the actions the vice president took on January 6th spoke loudly, and I'm glad he's finally put words to it. I don't know why it took him so long, but I'm glad that he did. Um, And let's face it. Let's call this what it is. January 6th was a riot that was incited by Donald Trump uh, in an effort to intimidate Mike Pence and the Congress into doing exactly what he said in his own words last week, overturn the election. Now, he's tried to do a cleanup on aisle one here um, and correcting that stuff, but it's not going to change. He actually told the truth by accident. He wanted the election to be overturned. Donald Trump did respond um, to what the vice president said. And I think it's kind of akin to the kid standing in the corner holding his breath. Um, You know, it's immature um, and it's beneath the office that he held. So, Governor, did the former president call you yesterday? He did not. Do you expect a call soon? Uh, You know, you never know, Hugh. He's um, knowing him for 20 years and being his friend for 20 years. uh, You never know when you're going to get a call or you're not when he's upset about something. But look. What I said yesterday is the truth. And my biggest concern about all this is, while Joe Biden and his administration is doing things to this country that may be undoable, and Republicans should be solely focused on that, we still got the, the folks at the RNC focusing on this stuff. And then all, all weekend, we have commentators asking us these questions, and rightfully so, because of the actions of the RNC. We as a party should be focused on our plan for the future and how we're going to change and stop what Joe Biden's doing to this country. Now, Governor, I, I, the RNC did a lot of things, and we'll come back to that. I want to focus on the, the legal issue that uh, I, maybe Martha didn't hear you say. Insight is a legal term. Do you think actual and proximate causation of the, uh, the riot and the people who trespassed into the, into the Congress does causation flow to the president, former president? 
Look, I think due to his conduct, Hugh, not on January 6th necessarily, but the conduct from election night forward, uh, I think when you're going to hear testimony from many of those folks who were up there, they're going to tell you they went there because that's what Donald Trump told them to do. Um, and so I think he's got, a, he, he's got an issue in that regard. There's no doubt. Now, is it a slam dunk? It is not, um, as is always the case, as you know, um, with these type of issues. But to me, it's less important as a legal issue than it is as a policy and political issue. Well, I agree with that, but let's, uh, you've got legal chops. Very few people do. I can talk to you, Pompeo, Cotton, and DeSantis about the law. So I want to talk to you about the law. Uh, is he liable? Is he potentially liable for any wrongful death action or damages done to the Capitol in tort? He's potentially liable for that, although I think he's down on the causation chain from the folks who are actually there and committing the acts of violence. Do you remember Paul's graph? Yes. Okay, where is he on the train track? <laughs> He's, look, I think that the conduct that happened was foreseeable, given that he is, he's, he's been telling people you've got to fight for your country and go up to Capitol Hill and fight for your country. You know, words matter, Hugh. Uh, words matter under the law. Words matter in politics. And words matter when they come out of the mouth of the president of the United States. Do you think he intended the 725 people who have been charged with one crime or another to break into the Capitol? I don't think he intended that specific act, Hugh. He's told I me he didn't. He's told me on well, the air that he didn't. I, I, look, I, I don't think he intended that. But I think what he intended, and his words this past week support this, that he was attempting to set up a situation to intimidate Mike Pence, and intimidate the members of Congress into voting to overturn the election. His words, overturn the election, Q. Okay, and what was his speech? Words. Was his speech protected under the Brandenburg test, which we can explain to the Steelers fans later? I believe his speech was protected. I believe his speech was protected. That's why I say that when you look at the causation chain, him saying the things he was saying from election day forward is what causes the problems. All right. Now, I, I want to switch over to the vice president, former vice president's statement. I want to play it for people. Cut number 11 from the Federalist Society last week. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more on American and the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Under the Constitution, I had no right to change the outcome of our election. Now, this is a legal question, Governor Christie, and again, you're a prosecutor with chops. Is Mike Pence right on the law? Yes, he is. Is there any doubt in your mind? Not a scintilla of doubt in my mind that uh, the Electoral Count Act is something that's ministerial. Um, it is not something where the Vice President of the United States is there making a qualitative or political judgment as to the electoral votes that come in certified by the individual states. A ministerial act. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and that is a legal. I agree with your assessment. I've always agreed with your assessment. However, I'm also aware in 2016 that Lawrence Tribe and Lessig, a couple of 
Harvard law profs were out there trying to get faithless electors to switch their votes after their slates had been certified. Minnesota Post columnist Eric Black wrote about it. Didn't all this craziness begin in 2000, get worse in 2004, and metastasize in 2016 so that it became the 2020 riot? I think all of those things were, what, what I talk about is, the Democrats started this in 2000 by calling George W. Bush an illegitimate president. And they're the ones who began down this road of illegitimacy. And by the way, that we had votes in 2000, uh, as you know, um, to not certify the vote by Democrats um, in the House uh, with the George W. Bush Al Gore election. And it continued from there, continued in 08, uh, 04, 08, uh, and 16. Uh, and then 20 being kind of the pinnacle, at least to, the, to, to date, uh, of that kind of activity. So it's a it's a bad road that we're on, but I want people to understand the Electoral Count Act is not really ambiguous. Now, I moderated two debates, Governor, in Arizona on Saturday for the Arizona would-be GOP nominees, four out of five, and for all four would-be Arizona GOP governor nominees. I asked the four Senate would-be nominees if they agreed with Mike Pence or Donald Trump on the Electoral Count Act. Three out of the four agree with Donald Trump. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that in, in, in Arizona, um, there are people more afraid um, of crossing Donald Trump and what that will do in their, their, their ability to win the primary than they are in telling the truth. Now, I also asked the governor candidates, all four of them, I got booed. I don't like getting booed. You remember? You might not remember. I got booed when I asked Ben Carson if he could actually drop a nuclear weapon on somebody. But so I got booed when I asked the candidates what they thought of vaccines and if they had been boosted. And I looked at the audience that President Trump said you should answer this question. Cut number 13. Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed. And one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. But the well, Governor that, Christie, I don't think they're gutless. I think they're afraid of Trump voters because uh, I got told I was making up what the president said. I mean, MAGA people were mad at me telling me that the president didn't say that. What what is the disc? What is going on here? People who believe Trump on the Electoral Count Act and disbelieve the former president on boosters. It doesn't make any sense. There's a there's a segment of our population out there right now, Hugh, who just hears what they want to hear. Um, and interprets things they want to interpret. And look, the, 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 the former president um, has been very clear about his belief in vaccines and, and vaccination. That's why he started, rightfully, Operation Warp Speed, funded it the way he did, and brought about, through the work that he did um, in supporting those scientists, the vaccines we have and the booster we have now. He's done it, he's taken it, and he's recommending to others that they do the same. And for public officials, I think, you know, Trump is doing something very responsible here, which is to say, you've got to lead. And whatever your answer is, whether you took the booster or you didn't, you should be telling people so they can make a judgment and an evaluation. I think this is nonsense. All yeah. of it is nonsense. It, it is. It's crazy. We are. You, you cannot actually hold both positions and be and wear a MAGA hat. Uh, you know, the, the MAGA hat says you got to be wrong on the Electoral Count Act and wrong on the booster to me now. I, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Uh, nope. and, go ahead, Governor. I, I don't get it either, Hugh. And I think that 
it's, it's part of why we have to get back to talking about facts. We have to get back to talking about not feelings anymore. And this is where we get into trouble when we're talking about the 2020 election. Um, you know, and, and, and it all flows from that, in my view. Uh, and, and, and this distrust that we continue to stir with the government. They've earned a lot of it, Hugh, uh, but we shouldn't be stoking it. I also asked each candidate on the Senate debate, I think, did President Biden win a constitutional majority in the Electoral College? If not, which question, which states do you question? If so, how firm is your authority? I want to ask you, uh, Governor Christie, did Joe Biden win an electoral majority in a, a, yeah. a, a constitutional majority in the Electoral College? Yes. How soon were you certain of that fact? Uh, by the, you know, probably two weeks after the election. Okay, I was pretty certain the next day because I written a book. If you if you're behind in four states, you're not going to win. It's just the reality of cheating in America. You you got to be within a thousand votes, and and he wasn't within a thousand votes in any of those states. I don't think. Uh, let me ask you now. And I like the former president. I think he's done a great thing on boosters. I think he did a great thing on a lot of things. And his Supreme Court we're about to get to. Before I go to the RNC, I do you expect anyone? running to run for president, not named Christie or Hogan, if President Trump gets into the primary? Sure. Sure. Who? I think Who? I think Pompeo will run. Oh, my guess. Um, I think he would run. I think Pence will run. That's um, going to be an interesting set of debates. It, it sure sure will be. And hopefully we get good questioners like you who are asking questions and allowed to follow up. You can test what the candidates really know and what they don't. Now, that's a non-fungible token for Chris Christie there. Uh, we like that plug. Uh, however, when it comes down to it, do you think the president will engage in primary debates, given his numbers? Well, I, look, I think he likes it. I can tell you, I think he likes it. I think he likes the back and forth. And I don't think he would like to be characterized by anybody who might be running against him. Ah, um, that okay. he's afraid to do it. And so... Knowing Donald Trump as well as I do for as long as I do, I think he will engage. Okay, now I'm going to um, I'm going to take Chris Christie into the break, talk to him during the break, and bring him back on the other end. That's an audience note. Uh, when Dobbs comes down, do you expect it to overturn Roe and Casey, Governor Christie? I do. And I do. effectively 100% back to the states, or to just find a way to uphold the 15-week law? Well, look, I think that, that John Roberts is desperately going to attempt to find a way to limit it to some extent to just the 15-week law. Um, but I think that Roe is such a flawed decision, always has been, that this court is going to say, look, like Plessy versus Ferguson was flawed, Roe versus Wade is horribly flawed, and we need to overturn it. Yeah, we disagree on predictions. I think the Chief Justice will overturn Roe in case... Rejoined now by uh, Governor Chris Christie. So, Governor, I want to go to the RNC. Everybody in elite media, Manhattan Beltway media especially, focused on the censure of Liz Cheney, my friend, and Adam Kinzinger. And they missed entirely the real big deal, which is they adopted rules saying we're not working with the Presidential Debate Commission. I can pretty much guarantee you that that's an issue and that uh, Liz and Adam are not going to be an issue in the fall of 2022 and in 2024. Why doesn't legacy media cover the big deal and they only focus on the 9-11 select committee which is actually illegitimate in my view because they'll they, because what they do as you know is they focus on the things that they think 
will help their cause, and their cause is the cause of the Democratic Party. And so they don't want to talk about the inherent problems with the Presidential Debate Commission and what that's going to lead to in 2024. Uh, They'd rather continue to talk about January 6th. Look, Hugh, I have strong feelings about that. I've said them publicly. I said it again today on your show. But enough already. You know, um, we, we saw it. It reminds me of the old Marx Brothers routine. You know, are you going to believe uh, me or your lion eyes? We all watched January 6th. We all know what happened. Uh, and, and I think that, but, but for legacy media, um, what they want to do is continue to push that and push it and push it um, because they know that that's harmful to Republicans and they can see that we're moving towards Republican majorities in the House and Senate uh, without something you know, cataclysmic happening, and that's what they're attempting to cause. And so that's why they do it, and you know it, and so do I. I do, and I, I never talk about January 6th because I like my audience. I don't want them to turn me off, and they're bored. They do not like it. It is illegitimate. Nancy Pelosi quashed the minority. Uh, and yes, there are two Republicans on it. Liz Cheney's been a fine uh, spokesperson for national security for years. I don't know Adam, but uh, they're, they're opposite their party on this, obviously. I just am curious... Do you think the blue bubble knows how absolutely uninterested America is in the January 6th Select Committee, which is actually a rump parliament gone wild? No, I don't think they have any idea because they live in their own world. And I said this right from the beginning, Hugh, from when the committee was established, that it had undercut its ability to be a credible investigative body when Nancy Pelosi refused to allow Kevin McCarthy to put the members on that he wanted to put on. And that's always been the right of the minority leader, whether it was a Republican or a Democrat. When she did it, she made it a partisan committee. And that's not saying anything against Liz, because like you, I have great respect for Liz. Um, But the fact is that when she prevents the minority leader from putting the members on that he wants to put on, then she makes it a partisan committee. And it makes it very, very difficult for any American to really listen uh, attentively to what they did you know, unlike, let's say, the Watergate committee, Hugh, as you know, from nearly 50 years ago, that was a committee um, where it was a truly bipartisan committee appointed the right way um, to do an investigation of what went on. You know, Senator, I'm uh, Governor, I'm older than you. And so I had to watch that in AP government during summer school. That's all we did was it was the basketball coach. So we watched four hours of Watergate hearings. Those were interesting. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about Jeff Zucker leaving CNN. Your reaction? Look, I, I think that, that, that uh, Jeff uh, Zucker is somebody who uh, has tried to manipulate the political process through his position in the media. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he left, uh, he resigned or got pushed out, whichever way it went. Um, to me, hopefully CNN uh, changes after this and stops becoming an advocacy arm for the Democratic Party. Now, yeah, Jeff is brilliant, and, and a friend of mine, I've never worked for him. He offered me a job once, I turned him down. I asked him for a job once, he turned me down. So that's the conflict disclosure. But he's brilliant. He's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But he made a bet, right? He, he wanted to be MSNBC light, and it didn't work. Yep, exactly right. And look, same here. He offered me a job twice after I left the governorship. I said no both times, and I told him the reason was I couldn't come on there and be a credible voice given the kind of programming that he, that he was running on CNN. Um, and so, you know, I hope that as they go into the Discovery Channel and they become under different management, that perhaps they'll look at how failed the model is 
economically and from a news production perspective and decide once again to go back to being a network that, that shows both sides and isn't an advocacy arm for the Democratic Party. I doubt that will happen, but, you know, we live in hope. Now, let's talk a little bit about ratings and NBC, my former employer. I'm no longer employed by NBC. Uh, they have the worst ratings in history for a Winter Olympics. Why is that, Chris Christie, and why, why doesn't NBC know what to do? It's, it's the worst ratings because, in my view, Hugh, we shouldn't be there. Um, we're giving the Chinese dictator, murdering dictator, a platform um, to try to make his country and the way they run that country uh, look like it's in uh, with the League of Nations, and huh. it's not. No, they're, they're, it's a totalitarian. Do you believe in the genocide that my, uh, Mike Pompeo had declared? Oh, there, there's no doubt that what's happening with the Uyghurs, uh, the Uyghur Muslims, is is a genocide. And remember, we went to an Olympics in 1936, Hugh, in the midst of a genocide. Um, I think we were wrong then, and I think we're wrong now. So in terms of the woke corporations that are sponsoring the Olympics, will they get the blowback that, for example, Coca-Cola, Delta, and Major League Baseball got for injecting themselves on the progressive side of the debate in Georgia about Georgia voting law? Of course not. They won't because the legacy media that you talked about will not gin it up like they ginned up this uh, controversy in baseball um, and in Atlanta. Uh, for the All-Star Game and, and, and Major League Baseball cave to it. Um, if they won't do it, and when they don't do it, um, it makes it much more difficult for that kind of reaction and blowback to occur to these corporations. And, Hugh, they know it, and that's why they continue to buy commercials on the Olympics, although um, with the ratings going the way they are so far, they may turn out to have made a bad investment. Now, let, let me ask you, by the way, about Major League Baseball. I didn't watch it because of their choice, so I didn't see the All-Star game. Was Frankie Lindor on that squad? Oh, now see? Here you go, Hugh. We're <laughs> going to get into a, a, an, a, 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 a Guardians-Mets conversation. No, he was not, nor did he deserve to be, given his first-half performance, as you well know. I just wanted, I, It's a fact-based question, uh, Governor. I got two more. Of course. I got two more. Redistricting... Yep. I actually admire the knife work done by the New York Democrats. I mean, it's sort of like watching uh, the, the Duelist uh, movie. And in Illinois, it, does redistricting bother you? I mean, I, it never bothers me. This is the way it's supposed to be. I just wish legacy media would stop complaining about Texas and Florida and focus on the fact that New York is like left the Republicans like the Black Knight Monty Python. Listen, my view on it is that it would be better for the country um, overall if we kept the courts out of this and let the political um, uh, institutions, the state legislatures in the main, um, be able to draw these lines and let them be judged up or down based on the work they do, both with Congress and the state legislatures. Um, you know I'm the co-chair of the Republican Redistricting Trust with Mike Pompeo, and we're going to be out there fighting hard to support uh, Republicans all over the country who are trying to draw fair and constitutional maps. Um, so that's what the way I choose to be involved in it. I don't want to bemoan it and moan about it. I get involved and try to make a difference, Hugh. And that's the way I try to operate. All right, last two questions. Do you expect the former president to run in 2024? I think it's a total jump ball, Hugh. I really do. Um, and I think that we have no idea right now. Uh, like you know, I've known him for 20 years, been friends with him for that long. I don't, no matter what he says, 
I don't think he's anywhere near having made a final decision yet. And a last question. Our thoughts and prayers are with Senator Lujan, who had a stroke. But he's the 50th vote. The, the Democrats run the Senate only by virtue of having all 50 Democrats show up. And the legacy media won't tell us what his condition is. Do we, do we deserve transparency here? Well, I think first and foremost, Hugh, the people of New Mexico deserve transparency. You know, he's their representative uh, in the United States Senate, and, and they deserve transparency. Um, I, I hope, as you said, that the senator is, is getting better and recovers. He's a young man, um, and to have that type of uh, medical condition as such a young man is a, is a really sad and, and desperate thing. Um, but, you know, everyone deserves to know um, what's, his, what's, what's his course of recovery. Will he be able to come back and be able to execute his responsibilities and his oath? Um, and I think that the people of New Mexico, first and foremost, before any of the rest of us, are the ones who are deserving of knowing because they're the ones who are counting on him to represent their interests in the United States Senate. Did you see legacy media cover this at all? No. Did they cover the, the uh, RNC? Um, did you see anywhere that the RNC's decision on Presidential Debate Commission get covered anywhere? No. And last question, do you approve of the RNC, and will you abide by it if you're the nominee? Will you reject the Presidential Debate Commission? Look, I absolutely would, um, because in the end, I think there's been a lot of unfairness that has happened over the course of time. And by the way, there's no reason why the two major candidates for President of the United States, whoever they are, can't sit down themselves, negotiate rules, um, and, and, and put these debates on. No reason that can't be done. Agree and agree. Governor Christie, always great to talk to you. Well done on ABC yesterday in terms of at least somewhere on mainstream media. We find someone who will say both good and bad about Donald Trump. I think you're the last island uh, on the networks. Thank you, Chris Christie. Go Cavs. I'm a unicorn, Hugh. I'm a unicorn. You are a unicorn. You are a, you're a unicorn on, on, on baseball, too, in that you're hoping for the Mets. Anyway, I appreciate your coming back, Governor. Be well. Thank you, Hugh. That concludes today's episode of The Interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. I've known both men for a long time. andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.